Welcome to the Sounds of the World. We are your hosts, Hillary and Bill. Together, we're going to travel around the world to discover new music, discuss musical topics, and interview fascinating people. Our world is a buffet of music, and it is time to eat. Hey, everybody, this is Bill. And this is Hillary. From Sounds of the World podcast. And we just want to remind you that if you live in the United States, to make sure to get registered to vote. Um, November 3rd is election day. In these states, as September goes into October, uh, registration dates are expiring soon. So make sure that you check your state official rules, get registered to vote, and make sure you go out to vote. Uh, this is a pivotal election for everybody. So make sure that you do this. It's our civic duty. So, so important. You may feel like your voice doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. Let your voice be heard. Get your ass out there and go vote. <laughs> yeah, do it. And after you're done, go get some beer. <laughs> special double guest episode uh our first guest is a composer violist and vocalist that juxtaposes acoustic music with electronics and field recordings they create striking beautiful and vibrant sound spaces she's a co-founder and lead singer for the cross-genre songwriting project Gadadu. the band released their second album outer song in october uh, 2018 on birdwatcher records she's also a founding member of Xanthoria Quartet that is dedicated to bringing to life new music. While living between New York and Philly, Philadelphia, she's pursuing her PhD in music composition at the universe, as a university fellow at Temple University. Our second guest shares her first name with our first guest and is also a composer, violist, and vocalist. It seems to be a pattern. Uh, she's been the principal violist of the Pennsylvania Ballet and frequently tours with the East Coast Chamber Orchestra. She's previously performed with the San Francisco, Colorado, Baltimore, and New World Symphonies. She's performed on the Kennedy Center Millennium Stage, Lucerne Festival Music Academy, Tri-County Emerging Art Series, and the New World Symphony. She's also often collaborated with visual artists and poets, such as Kavort Murad, Mario Arezza, and Anik Adebabinski, uh, as well as with composers Yova, Saba Aminkla, Layal Chakar, Abby Swidler, and Sean Crouch. I apologize to all those who I've butchered their names. Uh, she's earned her master's in music from the New England Conservatory, studying with Kim uh, Keshkashian, an artist certificate in chamber music from San Francisco Conservatory, while studying with Paul Hirsch and Jonathan Vinacour. She received her Bachelor of Arts in Modern Middle Eastern Studies from the University of Pennsylvania, where she also teaches songwriting and viola in the College House Music Program. Today, we'll be talking to them about their lives, their music, and the release of their new project called Wild Echo, or will be released on October 11th. Please welcome Hannah Selen and Hannah Nicholas. Welcome. Hi. Hello. 
Well, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, really appreciate it. I, you guys both have a very long musical background, really good universities. I mean, on the East Coast, it's just been probably a very nurturing environment. Yeah, I think there's a lot of classical music um, infrastructure on the East Coast for sure. And Hannah and I may or may not have some, played together in some youth orchestra or program when we were in high school. Um, we haven't really figured out what that was, but we know it happened. Well, you probably have a lot of kids from that what, tri-state area, right? That have a lot of maybe cross collaboration with New Jersey, Philadelphia, or Pennsylvania, New York. Yeah, I think it's like the Philadelphia area and New Jersey. Philly's great. I mean, I'm not there. I grew up around there, but I haven't spent a, a lot of time in Philadelphia itself. Um, until recently when I started this program at Temple University. So so now, so I was there and then COVID happened and then I ended up being back at home in Brooklyn all the time. Now this this piece, The Wild Echo, it's, it's all directly related to everything that's going on with COVID, correct? I'm not sure I would say it's like directly related. It's more just like it's, the music is because I reached out to Hannah about working on it together in May, I think in May or maybe even earlier. And um, and I, I don't know if I would have if it hadn't been for COVID, because if, it, if there was no COVID, probably would have been pretty busy um, with work. But since everything had been kind of pared down, all I was really doing at that point was teaching virtually instead mm -hmm. of being on stage and, and doing shows and everything. So I was like, well, what can I do that's sort of creative as an outlet? So I, I and I, I had wanted to reach out to Hannah about like, doing something and this just felt right. Um, so that was COVID related, but the, the song itself, the lyrics to the song, which was the inspiration for creating the song, they just, they're lyrics that happened, that emerged or were written during the spring semester of um, college for my college students uh, at, at Penn, at University of Pennsylvania. And they, I think they were all written, I'm pretty sure I sort of tracked it. They were all written from like, most of them were written from March on. So by that point, a lot of the students were kind of stuck at home or wherever. Um, they weren't really in school anymore and things were so up in the air. So in that sense, they were all definitely, I think like in that kind of weird atmosphere. But, but yeah, it's, it was sort of a mix, I guess I would say. So the lyrics are from the students, correct? So it's a, yeah, that's also a mix. So I think several of the lyrics are from me. So something, so I teach a songwriting course, I guess, um, but it's, it's really individual instruction with different students. And, um, but I really, it's really important to me to bring them together during sometime during the semester so they can meet one another. But because of COVID in the spring, that the class where we would have all come together and the final kind of showcase couldn't happen in real in real life so we did it on zoom <laughs> um they did they did actually meet each other which is really cool because usually there we i do like a showcase or something for them at the end of the semester and and a class like some other time like a workshop but the the songwriting course i spent like the way i kind of approach it and just something i just did it's not like i didn't think about it that much before I started teaching it, but it's sort of lyrics based. So lyrics are always kind of the starting point with each student, especially because at Penn, like it's not a conservatory. So everybody's coming in with a different musical background. And 
some students have never done anything and some are really advanced high level pianists for example i've had like totally a mix but um it's been really cool kind of figuring out well how to work with all of them with all these different styles and backgrounds that they have and i found that like lyric writing is such a great starting point because it's approachable and it's obviously integral to songwriting um so it kind of works and through the past for the past like two years um with the help of some really good friends i've gotten a lot of great ideas about lyric exercises and i've invented some just on my own also <laughs> and some students who come back each sem semester for lessons i have to like really start thinking outside the box about how to sort of get them to be working on lyrics using exercises that i've never done with them before so this past spring I think I tried a number of new things and I, I'm pretty sure some of these lyrics came from um, an exercise I did where I would, I would t take like magazines, actually what I did. So the, the exercise itself is like, you can kind of go through like magazines or old magazines that you have lying around your house and you cut things out of them, like images or lines or whatever. And that becomes like a scrapbook of, of, in, uh, inspiration for your lyrics and maybe you even just find different like words in magazines that you find interesting or whatever what i did because we weren't together in a person and we couldn't do all the cutting out together and everything was i just what i was teaching i would literally just like pick a book in the room that i was working in like any book like it could be a children's book or it could be i don't know a book about farming because my husband's a farmer and he's a ton of farm books so like just really <laughs> such a, and i would just the exercise that I did that I think was a prompt for a lot of these, how these lyrics came to be, was I would go through the book and I would pick out individual words or like at most a, like a short clause. Maybe I'd pick five words or seven words and we would both write, both the student and me would both write them down. And then the exercise was that they had to, like using any of the words they wanted from, from what we wrote down, um, they had to write lyrics with those words. So the idea is just sort of to get yourself out of your own head. And instead of being like, okay, let's start a song like about this thing that's happening or, you know, how you're feeling right now or whatever. It was like, no, here are these five words. Um, let those be sort of the, the prompt for your lyrics. Um, really cool stuff comes, came out of that. Um, and I think why I like doing exercises that are sort of like that, where it just gets you out of your own, head um whether it be something like that or just anything with kind of like making word boxes and having people kind of put things together and um that kind of thing i like it because um what ends up happening is that students and me too like the line the, the lines you start writing as you start going they are things that you're feeling and they end up being like really kind of deep and um beautiful but if you were kind of they just kind of emerge that way because you're not, you're less self-conscious basically. So that's kind of the idea behind a lot of the exercises that I do with students and that I do from, for me too, when I'm writing is like how to kind of get away from being aware of what I'm writing about. So that's how some of those lines came to be. And I'm, I think if you, you might even know, well, you, if you notice that there's like, if you look at the lyrics by themselves, when I, I arranged them together to make it into more of a poem with like some kind of loose rhyme and internal rhyme, it's pretty broad, but I tried to make it kind of work. Um, but there are like, there are uh, some thematic elements in some of the lines. And that's because I think some of them were inspired by the same prompts.
Sorry, that's a lengthy explanation for probably a really simple exercise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're fine. I think it's great. Uh, I know as a composer, you know, it's it's really sometimes very difficult to get that prompt going just in your own head, you know, to get the project even just started. That's yeah. yeah. I learned from. I didn't know all of these like the backstory to the lyrics. So this is really cool, and I'm like inspired to use that approach for future songwriting because yeah. lyrics are like not I was so excited about this uh the lyrics that you sent me because I personally am not a lyrics person I always like think of melodies first yeah so um or I find a poem that I like um I, I wish I did more composing but it's it's yeah it's so hard <laughs> no. oh, and, and songwriting I've heard I've also heard that songwriting and like art songs you have like your your composery type songwriting and then or and then your songwriting and somebody was saying they're like there's they're they sound so similar because you're putting music to words and but they are so completely different and though it was dr conti who teaches at um san francisco conservatory in a, an art song lecture he was talking about how songwriting is the idea that you can pick so you can write something that someone can interpret in so many different beautiful ways as a performer and then art song is like you get one way to interpret it and as the composer you're notating all that down and he's like he's a very accomplished art song writer but he's like I suck at songwriting he's like it's such a like different half of the brain he's like I feel like you really excel at one or the other and they're both such like really noble beautiful pursuits yeah I don't know that just made me think I'm like no songwriting is its own like really beautiful amazing thing <laughs> I think that it seems like like composing where you're notating it just takes a lot of patience yes <laughs> i just am too fast and too lazy at the same time so i value in that <laughs> yeah i mean i like charts and like sketches but then when it comes to like really getting in there with some notation you just yeah i mean i'm sure it gets way faster as you get better at it and stuff like that but yeah, but I also like that's why I write songs when I do write songs is because I don't I don't want to be I don't want to go through that whole process of notating it. And it's I don't I usually don't notate songs until maybe like later if I need to make a chart or something. I'll do that. But fun and, and like liberating, too. And I do that when I'm composing sometimes, like I'll start by recording things like viola layers and then um based on what happens there then i'll like get some ideas for what to start a piece with and then i'll start actually writing things down but i it kind of helps me break out of whatever rut i might get into if i'm just writing like trying to write notes down in oh, a traditional gosh. way <laughs> which is always daunting so. there's something intimidating about like seeing a blank page and thinking like i need to fill this like a visual thing and it's like it can really box you in versus if you start from the oral perspective of like ah, i have this idea <laughs> and i want to see where it goes totally so what was it so, like to collaborate virtually i mean you know because this was all done correct like this was done virtually two different areas and you just fused everything together correct yeah it was um a new experience for me i, I don't know about you hannah yeah I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we um, didn't know each other. Like, <laughs> I mean, like Anna said, we had kind of, we kind of knew each other so vaguely from high school in a while. And um, then we had, we have a really close mutual friend mm. who, who Hannah plays with now and who I've played with before. And, and I think it was Abby, our mutual friend who, 
I don't know how it came up. Maybe she was telling me about your new quartet or whatever it was, but she was like, you'd really like Hannah or something like that, you know? And I was like, she told me that too. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of, I know her from Philly, whatever, sort of, you know, um, we didn't, but we didn't like know each other like well or at all really before working together. Um, no, it was almost like a blind date, <laughs> like a blind musical date. Um, that was very fun. And, and I think I'm really happy with how the song turned out. Yeah. It's a, it was I, a big process. Yeah. The, the, the piece is gorgeous. I love all of it. Like when I was emailing you about it, how it seemed like the vocal line and the viola lines, you know, evenly swapped back and forth. It wasn't just like the viola was subservient to the vocal and the harmon harmonies within it all was just, they were lush and just beautiful. Thanks. And it's, it's crazy yeah, to think way... that you're done. So, you know, in a distance rather than in a studio. Yeah. Well, it probably dragged out the process a lot because we <laughs> together. I mean, there are a lot of things that I feel like every project I've worked on, which has not been that many, but everything I've worked on since March or April or whatever, um, it just takes so long now. Um, mm -hmm. Because you're not together with the people that you're you're playing with, <laughs> so it's like it's it's unnatural. Yeah, yeah, same here. It's and also maybe just like having this unexpected expanse of time in quarantine made everything. At least for me, I'm like a chronic procrastinator, which means I tend to like luxuriate when I have large stretches of time. So I was like working on things, but I kept on feeling like I wasn't getting anything done. And um, this song. Like I, it was really exciting, but I felt like, wow, like it's been like two months already and we're still like <laughs> trading back these different recordings. And um, it just like took shape really slowly, which was interesting because usually when I write a song, it's usually just me and I just like sit down and like come up with an idea and work it out in, in a day or two. For some, I guess not always, sometimes it's like tedious or, or hard to piece together. But um, in this case, it was more kind of just cumulative and we would like layer things and then talk to each other about how we wanted to go forward. And then, although I will say, I think, Hannah, if you had, if this was, if you, if I had said, here are the lyrics and you make a song, it probably would have taken you like two days. Because, I don't think so. <laughs> maybe not. But, but she, but after when we kind of like decided what we were going to do more or less and Hannah did send me like a pretty fleshed out idea of the first verse, um, which since you know the song, like obviously that comes back each verse. So right. I did do like a huge chunk of the work initially. There, I think part of the reason it took so long was because there were two of us and we were, you know, she was waiting for me to record like maybe just one, one part, but if it, it some, it, Maybe it was taking me a really long time because I was figuring out like how to record it from my home and like <laughs> how to make things not sound terrible and just some basics about home recording, which I've gotten luckily slightly better at <laughs> my equipment game a lot. But um, things like that, like I was learning how to use logic, you know, so yeah. like the program. So it's like there was so much going on and I was pregnant. And so <laughs> it was just like a crazy time. Um while at the same time having almost nothing to do. <laughs> so no deadlines, but it's just such a, it was a surreal time, I think. Yeah, so I think that made the process a lot longer. If we had been together, if we could, if I could have gone to New York and just kind of like spent even just one day together, mm -hmm. um, 
it'd be different for sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, we were just like emailing each other mostly and it would just be like, oh, here's the thing that I did. Like, and then like just even trying to like list like the ideas would have been so much easier in person, I think. Or just we could have like played things for each other and been like, do you like this? Or like, this is yeah. what I was thinking. But instead, it was like a lot of trying to describe it in an email form, which was <laughs> difficult. And it's crazy, too, that even with the distance, it's still very cohesive and still seems. I mean, I don't know who did other than the lyrics from you, Hannah, but like we don't know the separation of, of labor. It just, it all seems so cohesive, even though you're separated by. Well, Hannah Steeland did almost all of the writing of the music. I mean, she really presented the idea like melodically, but, um, and also a lot of, and, and every instrument that's on there that's not viola also is Hannah S. And then I think that part of the reason why it's, it's cohesive is because of the like overlap in our instruments. So we both play viola and both of us are on the track and then we're both singing on the track at different points. Um, so even though obviously we have like distinct voices, both on our instruments and vocally from one another, um, kind of comes together There's it, because it's the same sound world. Um, and then Hannah created the overall sound world for the track. And I think just, you know, we were sensitive to one another. Like, I tried to just really listen to the world she had created and fit into it the best I could. I mean, it was challenging recording on my own because I'm just not expert at it. And um, but she helped me with that too. And, but some things just worked faster than others. And um, in terms of like getting feedback from one another and just sort of quickly being like, oh yeah, okay. So this was, there was too much going on here or let's pair it back here or whatever. Um, but I think have it's so unusual to work with another violist, singer, um, songwriter. And that's why I wanted to reach out to her. I just had a feeling about it. And um, there's some other like viola, you know, violist singers even out there, like really great ones. And, like uh, Leova, right? You, I, Does he sing? I guess he mostly plays viola, but he does like song-like things with yeah. viola, I guess. Yeah. So that's, I was excited to see that you worked with him. Yeah, I love him. I love his music. Um, I played with him too. He's really cool. But there's some um, there's some other like musicians in New York who who do it and but the styles can be so different. That's the thing. Like some violists or violinists, whatever, <laughs> who also sing like it's more operatic or more jazz or like it's more sort of in a, a very specific kind of. It's just a different style. I would say like, I'm I I don't feel like I have any kind of training and um, I just kind of do it in like a in a way that I hope is natural sounding and um, more on the folk indie end of the spectrum for sure. And when I, I listened to a little bit of Hannah's music before I reached out to her, obviously, <laughs> make sure I wanted to like work with her on a project. And I was like, yeah, this is like 100% gonna work because the vibe of her music just felt like it just clicked. So I think knowing that, knowing that going into it made it really comfortable to work together. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think I heard your music after we, I heard your viola playing before we started working together, but I didn't hear you sing or your well, music. I accidentally sent you. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I meant to send her a file for our recording, and I sent her something else that I was working on. She was like, yeah, I really like that. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. It was like a, a song that you were working on of yours with with your band or your... I'm working on, actually, I've 
I should send it to you because that song is finally wrapping up and it's been finally, it's, it's very different from what you heard, but uh, yeah, it's just a song that I wrote, like that I've never recorded that I used this time to start to record. It's with just a friend of mine. He's doing awesome. uh, everything on the track. So. Awesome. Yeah. But get, I guess getting back into the, like the process more um, and the sound world, I, yeah, Hannah's totally right. Like, I think we have so many similarities and crossovers in terms of, just the rareness of being two singing violists, also kind of having leanings toward like folk music. And I don't, the music that I write isn't super folky, but I have a background in that genre. And I feel I did a lot of collaborations when I was younger, just as a violist playing in bands that were kind of indie folk-ish. Yeah, I guess the, the song idea started from like a, a bunch of little toys that I had lying around. Um, and I got, I like holed up in my room one day and had this drum machine that like a friend had given me. Um, well, I don't want to get it out. It's like right over here, but I'll, I'll leave it in its, its hole. <laughs> um, it's, it's gathering dust now, but basically it's like a, a little eighties, like drum machine. Um, I, I don't think I would necessarily want to perform live with it. Cause that can be really difficult or, or like rigid. But um, for recording this song, I just found some really wacky, like digital, like there's that like really low boom sound, yeah. sound that you hear at the beginning of the song and kind of like throughout every, I don't know, four bars or something. Um, and that sound was like the very first sound that I really liked that I started to work with for the song. And then I added, I can't remember, some synthesizer and some viola. And then, then I came up with the melody and I had, before that I'd been just like thinking about the lyrics a lot for days and I had them like written down and hanging on my, uh, like over here I have these hanging pieces of paper that I really like on my desk. So I had them, uh, I had it up there and I was just kind of meditating on the lyrics. Um, and I guess for me, the lyrics really, I they spoke to me as, uh, they they really helped me delve into some of my my quarantine feelings mm -hmm. because at the time when Hannah first reached out to me it was like some of like the peak of of the COVID situation in New York City mm -hmm. so it was like pretty things are pretty dire here especially like my neighborhood I live right next to a hospital mm -hmm. and I know that like the lyrics aren't necessarily personal and kind of collage like in a way more more so than I realized even. Um, but to me, they were very like relevant to how I was feeling and the kinds of feelings of being wanting to escape, but having like struggling to, to escape and struggling to kind of find like air or like open space. And um, I really loved how the, how those, the lyrics like lend themselves to a feeling of flying and kind of like soaring above a, a cityscape. Yeah, I think you can definitely hear that at least reflected in the melodic line and the voice and stuff. But the long, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it. Like the atmospheric um, environment that they all, that it's all in. So it seems very kind of floaty and high up and and wistful, I guess. Yeah. Well, and it's so. I'll just say because I that's the thing with the lyrics, and I'm really glad that. I guess it's, I mean, they do sort of obviously resonate with the COVID situation. So, I mean, part of that, I put them together, like what happened was 
I was so impressed with some of the lyrics that my students had kind of churned out in the spring. I was sort of shocked because I didn't know what was going to happen when school went online. Were people just going to be like, ugh, screw this, kind of? Um, I don't feel like doing any work anymore. I, I didn't know how things were going to really shape up. But I was really impressed with how the students who um, were taking songwriting, like, they just continued to take it really seriously, if, if not more seriously, because each session was so like when you have a zoom session or whatever a facetime session it's so intense in a weird way because there's no distractions like i mean there are distractions in your own space but you're when you're together there's more like chit chat and you know kind of moving around getting up maybe um maybe one of us loses focus and we kind of go off on a tangent for a while but I had to plan more for the classes. And also I felt like the students were just, just much more engaged than I expected. And so some of the lyrics that came out of that spring, I just really was like, wow, these are just so beautiful. And so I decided to to put them together in a collage, but not just randomly. So I had focused a lot on internal rhyme and rhyme at the end of the semester. So I thought about, I was thinking about rhyme and I was thinking about connecting them thematically. And so that's where, it, it really does feel very much about breaking breaking out of something um, and being stuck. Um, I mean, it's it's really in the lyrics, starting with closed in by walls, and then. But when I when I read it, like I have it in front of me now, when I read it, and when I was doing it, I I, I wanted it to. I thought like maybe this will maybe I can make this into a song, but these are like some of these lyrics are kind of long, and also it, the rhyme is not very obvious if it's there at all, um, and it's not like when I write songs myself, like it's a mix of um, coming up with the lyrics first and the melody. So kind of like a mix between like what Hannah's saying, like she usually um, does the, you know, it's melodic first, then lyrics. And I'm kind of a combo. So when I was looking at the, like if I had had to write a song to this myself, I don't know what, where it would have gone, which is why I was really, really grateful and happy to work on it with someone and have somebody else kind of take that burden. Um, and it's cool because Hannah was able to put these lyrics to melody in a way that was super organic. And also like, it, it just, it worked. She made them work, even though some of the lines are long and um, they don't necessarily lend themselves to like an obvious song form. There's right. no chorus, there's no, you know, it's so at all. And her style was like free enough to kind of let everything be there. And we, we hardly had to change anything to make it work. But at the same time, it had structure. And had a chorus actually had a refrain she created a refrain that came back so that was cool for me to kind of witness yeah it was i mean the the choruses are where you finally escape and fly away that's at least how i perceive it but uh we had to make a few little changes but not nothing significant right what am i i was thinking about more the process of recording it and the chorus, the strings and the choruses, like I feel like there's this really open, this beautiful openness that happens when it gets to the, the choruses. Part of that is Hannah's violin and viola layers that are just like soaring. And it was the first, we worked on it pretty much teleologically. Like we started with the first verse and then we did the first chorus. And then we like tried to figure out um, how to, you know, bring back another verse and then like just basically how to fit how to use these lyrics which are so um so freeform with so many like interesting words and like different lengths of of lines right um how to fit that into a cohesive 
song structure and um we ended up i, I don't know it, it fit together okay with the the melody that we had melodies for from the verse and chorus we were able to kind of spin that out and create a second verse and vary things a little bit like i think a, a lot of the let's see we traded we decided to trade off verses too like i sing the first verse hannah sings the second verse and then we sing together on the choruses Mm-hmm. And and at the ending, probably the hardest thing, like it would have been so nice to sing together, to like work out harmonies together and things like that. Yeah. Um, like layering things on one at a time was was tricky, even though we made it work. Yeah, I agree. to do either another project or like work this out somehow, like to do it in person. Totally. That's what I have been wondering. It's, it would be, it would be complicated just trying to figure out like, okay, who's going to play viola? (laughs) Like, am I going to play viola? Are you going to play viola? Or like, will one of us play a synthesizer too? It's, there are a lot of elements that we'd have to kind of pare down and um, like streamline, but it would be so fun to do that after even to make like a vert to even do a version that's like we could do live with some technology help with some kind of <laughs> that would be I, I <laughs> totally or you know how but like we'd have some electronics but like i think it would totally be possible like a more a more a more kind of acoustic version not totally acoustic because i don't think that would work but uh yeah neither of us plays guitar it would be nice <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I'm I'm working on it, but I'm just a beginner, so. <laughs> and it's really cool because my favorite part of the song is the ending that Hannah came up with, and it's just like another cool element because I felt like the the end where it gets really kind of choral in this kind of folk way really reminded me of like Bulgarian folk music or like or mm. Balkan, like that kind of um, all female choir, really amazing vocal things that come out of that style, and I've heard some of that. Um, Oh, I'm super into that kind of music. Like, I just love it. Um, yeah, and I didn't know that that was what we talked about. Like, and she, and also I had no idea. I didn't expect it. Like, I didn't see it coming. She just sent me the ending, and I was like, "Whoa, I love this!" Like, and that's also something that if we really wanted to hash it out, we probably could even make it more like. But I think it's perfect as it is. <laughs> it would be so fun to to sing that with three singers. I mean, there are three vocal parts. Um, it would be so cool to do it in person. And I, yeah, it's funny because I also have a huge, um, like, love for Eastern European vocal music just from the 
There are only a few opportunities I've had to hear it perform live, but every time I'm just like slapped in the face by how strong and and like open and kind of uh, fierce the harmonies are. And like, I think there are a lot of weird like modal mixture kinds of things that happen. Like there, the cadences are all weird. I guess I, I wouldn't like have thought about this maybe when I was writing it, but now I'm like teaching, I'm like TAing for theory classes right now. So <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, the, the seventh like has to lead into the, the leading tone always has to resolve upward. But um, one thing that I realized about like why this sounds so different is because I think a lot of the time the leading tone, something happens with the leading tone and, and just like the way chords move together and maybe why this ending section ended up reminding us of Eastern European vocal music is just some of those unconventional kinds of, of harmonic motion. And also there's a recording of um, Spring Peepers that I decided to throw in at the end. So you'll kind of hear like this very delicate little like in the background and that's uh totally not related to anything in the song but i felt like it fit really well and created like this kind of ambiance of maybe reuniting with nature or something by the end of the song after going through all of these like you know synthetic urban feeling uh i don't know soundscapes by wall in my wings to fly in the chaos of winter in my wings to fly the crowd's voice a wild echo to Very cool. No, I'm just I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> it's so cool to hear you guys talk about just the process and going back and forth and trying to like you creating the world and then you going, okay, I'm going to live in this and I'm just going to make it work. As you were collaborating, you know, by email and back and forth with, you know, just sending each other these things. Did you find that like having that time to respond? Cause I feel like with an email, you know, you can really sit on the response before you send it back. Like, did that kind of influence any of the ways like you think it would have, like, do you think it would have gone differently had you been in the same room versus like being able to really sit and think and then, okay, I'll send this back or did that change anything for you guys? I think if it, were in person, it would have been so much different. Like, I think we talked about that a little bit already, but I don't think we were necessarily like, I feel like we're pretty spontaneous. <laughs> I think like if one of us didn't like something or like wanted to change something, we would just listen and then send it back. It was pretty conversational, especially because we sent so many emails. Like <laughs> I looked back recently and it was like, I don't even like a hundred emails, mm -hmm. just like random little details wow. about the song yeah. um, that we were going just talking about so we probably should have been texting um, <laughs> but we were emailing <laughs> yeah it's one of the weird things i think like one of the challenging things about um 
that I'm experiencing because I, I have not done a lot of recording of my songs. Like, so, I mean, I've done a lot of performing of my own music at this point. Cause when I, when I moved to Philly three year, three and a half years ago, I guess four years ago now, um, that's when I sort of got like comfortable with songwriting and, and performing my own music. And I just met some really amazing people here to play with and, and who, you know, kind of gave me that confidence um, and started doing more sh like shows as opposed to like, doing a song on a concert I was part of, like really shows that were not classical at all. Cause most of my experience has been classical um, mm -hmm. four years ago. And I mean, I had a band before that, but even then we were part of a classical institution. So, but now that I've been like, just being a performer in Philly and just doing more, more of a variety of different kinds of shows. So I was performing a lot, doing my own thing and just getting more comfortable with it. But, but I was still really not comfortable in like a recording studio situation. And I had a, I've recorded a few things in studios and there, I mean, I've released them too, but it's never, it's never been like, oh my God, I totally like, I'm in this, like I get this and I feel amazing about this. It's always been like just a kind of, just kind of walked into a studio, like this is the song, like I need help, like producing and arranging it. Like I don't really, I didn't really know what I wanted. I didn't have a vision behind them and I didn't even it's just strange. It's, it's strange to feel that way. And I'm, I'm trying to get more involved in the process. And this, this was a really big learning experience. Everything I've done this summer and this spring, including this song, especially this song, like have helped me with that. And one thing that's frustrating and difficult is how long it takes to just record like the simplest thing on viola, like partly because we're not writing it down. And so you have to kind of remember what you did because maybe I would record something and then Hannah will be like, yeah, I really liked it, but can you be closer to the mic or whatever? Okay, then <laughs> and like remember what I did and kind of try to memorize it or or not and try to hope that it comes out just as good like melodically and that's hard and yeah. when majority the majority of what I do is still like I I play written music like I'm a classical violist, but I really I in a lot of ways I prefer like learning by ear and that kind of thing. It's just it's been a while since I really like done that like when I was in school and I would sometimes I would transpose things or I'm not transpose things transcribe things mm -hmm. that was like amazing and I wish I was I wish I would do more of that now even though it's time consuming because it's so good for for my so helpful for my ear mm -hmm. um, but and just even just like writing out rough charts of things I wanted to arrange and play but like I said I'm kind of lazy and so this is <laughs> like, this was difficult like just recording small like and her melody that she created was the melody is complex, I would say. I agree. I had to practice it. I <laughs> like I did write it, but then I had to re-record it and, and kind of go through a similar process where it was like, and then the ending is like, I wanted it to go higher, but then it ended up being really high. <laughs> so we, we made it work, but, but it was using an, a register that I don't always use. And I think same for Hannah. So like I'm not singing the high part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just had to I had to practice it a bit and then it started to feel comfortable and then I recorded it for real. But I I find like I do when I do a lot of recording at home even before COVID and the great thing is that you can just like you can play it once and like have a take that you really that's not great but like get the idea out and then come back to it later and work on it and practice it and then record it again and and get it to where you want it to be. And that's like hard to do in a studio unless you're like the Beatles and you have a huge budget, which doesn't happen anymore <laughs> for any anyone almost, except maybe like, um, you know, Lady Gaga but, <laughs> or Beyonce. 
but um but in general like studio time is is precious and so i think recording at home has the advantage of letting you like try out different things and pick your favorite version i'm high in the clouds in the sky's heavy dust black Is this going to be like the beginning of a new series? Like maybe possibly evolve into like record or a collection maybe? I hope so. I mean, I, I would love to do, uh, I know we're both like once things get back into swing, we're both going to probably be really busy. So this was like this cool alternate reality that we got to explore. And I think we will definitely work more together in the future and hopefully perform it live. But I think right now, well, right now Hannah's like baby duties. Um, <laughs> but I'm always down to work on songs if you have more ideas and are thinking in this in this sound world, then we should we should do it. Yeah, we haven't like we haven't discussed it because we haven't we haven't gotten there yet. But <laughs> but I agree with Hannah like for sure she's someone I'd want to work, keep working with. And I think like sometimes you just know. I mean, that's the the, the best, I mean, I think the best thing about being in the music world, even if it's not, if it's whether it's your career or not, it doesn't matter. Like just the relationships that you make. And it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's like, it's actually kind of mind blowing. Like when I think about all the different people that I've met and who I've worked with, I don't feel old, but I mean, I guess I'm getting older, but like, I don't feel old, but I feel like if I think about the last 12 years or whatever, I'm like, wow, like. I haven't, I can't even keep track of some of the um, musical collaborations I've done that I, but when I think about them, they all, they were so many of them, almost all of them were like meaning, really meaningful to me. And whatever the end result was, whether it's something that was like successful or not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if it was meaningful to the people involved, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, yeah, I think like this was just another kind of cool case of that happening. Like, we met through a friend who we both really respect and trust. And so of course that kind of led to a, a good relationship and like, it feels natural. It feels like, yeah, well, of course we'll work together again. Totally. Yeah. I'm excited to see where things go. Yeah. And I think it'd be cool just to kind of keep up the same idea that you did with this one where uh, you kind of piece together your own lyrics plus lyrics from your students. I mean, um, well, bravo to you both. I think it's a gorgeous piece. It's definitely going on my permanent playlist, so. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks so much for sitting down with us today and taking the time to be on another Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. We really enjoyed it. It was awesome. beautiful. All right. Well, we'll stay in touch. Thank uh, you guys again. Definitely. Thank you. So thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Sounds of the World podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. There are links to everything in the episode description and also on our website. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sounds of the World. To show support for Sounds of the World podcast, please join our Patreon, where you can have access to our after-party discussions with guests, discounted merchandise, and even more. If you have any questions, answers, or episode suggestions, please email us at Sounds of the world podcast at gmail.com. Well, Bill, I think I'm going to go have a beer now. Hey, there you go.